Hi everybody. It's been another huge week of change. Many of us have found ourselves doing life in ways that were previously unimaginable and yet have very quickly uh, become the new normal as we adapt to uh, doing things differently. Some of us are possibly making the most of this opportunity to slow down a bit, to reflect and to retreat. Um, others of us might find that we're spending a lot of time on our own, doing our best just to deal with this sense of isolation and loneliness. Um, and others of us, again, are working out how to do school and family and work all in the same space and just trying to find some separation. Some of us are working harder than ever on the front line through healthcare or retail or pharmacies or schools or deliveries um, and other key roles in the fight against this virus. It was really heartwarming to see this week how many people across our country quickly stepped up to volunteer and help out where needed. And we have been working out ways to stay connected as Winchester Vineyard Church, mainly through the power of the internet. So a big thanks to many of you who engaged last week with our first ever online service. Thank you for your encouraging posts and your comments and your emails and your messages. Um, you know, keep them coming. It's, it's a great help and it's great when we uh, talk to each other and message each other and stay connected like that. You know, many of us, particularly those of us over 40, have found ourselves on a steep learning curve to improve our computer skills or even to improve our social media skills. And groundbreaking news in the Hemming House this week was that Jo, after literally years of resistance, went and set up a Facebook account. She decided it was the best way to stay connected with people, although she did need some tech support from the teenagers in the house. Many people are turning to the Bible in this time to find words of comfort and strength. And just like last week, I want to go back again to the Psalms for today's reading. The Psalms were Israel's and Jesus's prayer book. Israel as a nation had some fairly difficult times and they really needed God's help. And the Psalms helped them to see through the ups and downs of life. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 46 and uh, Amy is going to read it for us. Good morning, everyone. Today we are going to be reading Psalm 46 in the Bible. Please feel free to read along with me or just listen and soak up the words. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall, God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thanks, Amy. 
These are really well-known words and they've comforted and strengthened and helped God's people for thousands of years. The opening lines always remind me of this hymn that I learned as a kid. I don't know, those of you who are of a certain age might remember the Dambusters March. Do you remember the Dambusters March? Um, hum it along with me if you know it. It goes... You get the idea. Well, that's a that was a tune anyway. It's a kind of RAF tune. Um, but I learned as a kid, uh, along with that, some words that went along with that tune, uh, for the which was a hymn based on the words of this psalm. And it went, God is our strength and refuge, our present help in trouble. I'll spare you the rest of the, the song. It's a kind of battle hymn. It's the sort of thing that the RAF would sing at a sort of service. So I probably saw it on Songs of Praise a few times. And I love the last line. God, the Lord of hosts, is with us evermore. Well, that's what it makes me think whenever I read Psalm 46, those opening lines. I always That tune always comes to my mind. So Psalm 46 is a song or a prayer that reminds us of what God is like. And it uses a number of pictures to describe the character of God, to show us uh, what he's like. It talks about the city of God as a safe and secure place. It talks about a holy habitation of the Most High and it talks about a fortress. Uh, all these different images used to describe the place of safety and refuge and shelter. And actually, um, the psalm is talking physically about the city of Jerusalem, which was the main city in Israel and was built on a hill and therefore was geographically a place of safety from attack. There are tons of other psalms that talk about this and they use the word Zion to describe this idea that Zion, the word Zion was initially the name of the hill that Jerusalem was built on. And then that word Zion became associated with the city itself. And then because the temple was built in Jerusalem and the temple was the place where God's presence dwelt, it sort of became known as the holy place. That's what it means in this psalm when it says the holy habitation. So it doesn't use the word Zion in this psalm, although it does in tons of other psalms. But whether you call it Zion or Mount Zion or the holy mountain or the holy city or Jerusalem, all of these kind of names are interchangeable, but they all describe this place, a holy place of refuge and strength, uh, which the psalm then paints this picture of and uses to describe um, as a metaphor for God himself, that not only is the city on the hill a holy place of refuge and strength, but God is a place of refuge and strength, a holy place of refuge and strength, our shelter and our safety. And I want to draw out three key ideas about God that are raised in this psalm that will hopefully be an encouragement to all of us in what might seem like chaotic and certainly seem like tricky times. And the first one is this, that God is a safe place to hide. The opening lines of this psalm say, God is our refuge and our strength. It's using this image of a fortress or a fortified city. And the word refuge means being safe or being sheltered from pursuit or sheltered from danger or from difficulty. In our society, we use the word refuge to talk about a place where women can go to escape domestic violence. It's a sad indictment on our society, but it's a place where you need to go to get to safety. We also use the word refugee in our society, which describes someone who travels from one country to another to a different country to escape danger. So refuge is a place of safety, a place to escape danger. And this psalm reminds us that God is our refuge, somewhere we can go to escape. And I love the Message Bible's version of this, where it says God is a safe place to hide. 
and not just a safe place to hide, not just a safe place of refuge, but the psalm also describes God's strength. And in both verses 7 and 11, it describes God as a fortress, a military stronghold, a strongly fortified town. You know, the word fortress also means not susceptible to outside influence or to disturbance. And in my uh, ESV study Bible, uh, the notes on this on this particular section just say this. The people of God are secure even in times of tumult and upheaval because God is their refuge and their strength. And so uh, back in the 1500s, a well-known theologian, Martin Luther, well, he said this about this psalm. He said, we sing this psalm to the praise of God. Because God is with us and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against the implacable hatred of the devil and against all the assaults of the world, the flesh and sin. Refuge is an active word. It's not a passive word. Refuge doesn't happen to us. It's something we look for or we seek or we take or we find. It requires an action on our part. It's a place we go that requires a decision or a journey. Usually refuge just doesn't happen to us. And so when things are tricky and we are in need of strength and shelter, this invitation from God is always there to take refuge in him. He's ready and he's waiting for us to come. And I don't mean that he's passive or indifferent, but that he invites us to come and take the first step towards him. His promise is that he is always there with his arms open wide, ready to receive us, just like the father in the story of the prodigal son. And so one question to reflect on is how have I taken refuge in God this week? Have I indeed taken refuge in him? Do I need to take refuge in him? And perhaps what we might want to do is just to actively take a step towards God today, because as I said, his invitation always stands. And it requires us to ask. And so maybe this is the first time you've asked, or maybe it's the first time in a long time, or maybe it's just the first time today. But we're just going to take a moment and we're just going to ask. So if you need shelter or safety, if you need strength or refuge, I can promise you that God is here wherever we are. Let's take a moment to ask for his refuge. So God is a safe place to hide and he's also a source of help. We can count on him when we are in need. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. And speaking about this verse, the uh, theologian Charles Spurgeon said this, He never withdraws himself from his afflicted. He is their help truly, effectually, constantly. He is present or near them, close at their side. That was true in Spurgeon's day and it's true today. And whether our need is a physical one or a mental one, whether our need is emotional or spiritual, whatever it is, this psalm reminds us that nothing is too big or small for us to ask God's help with. Heard a great story from Jenny uh, earlier this week. You might remember that kind of last week uh, there was a big sort of uh, problem with toilet rolls and people were uh, sort of panic buying them. It was pretty hard to buy one. And um, Joe went into the office to help sort out some storehouse things and and bumped into Jenny. And Jenny told her this story about God just helping uh, in an hour of need. Yeah, I have a a toilet roll story, which I am very excited about because um, I buy my toilet rolls in Marks and Spencers because I like the pattern and pick them up when I'm in town. 
but uh, I haven't been stockpiling, just been getting my normal shopping. So um, then I realized that actually I'd got down to my last toilet roll, I'd better pick some up, and there weren't any. Um, I tried for two days in March, so there weren't any. Tried five other supermarkets, and then um, I thought, to my, I tried the following day, I went up to Winnell, and they still didn't have any. So I came back home, well, as I was on my way home, I thought, I'll try once more in Marks and Spencers. Um, I thought, if there's a parking place just in the, by the statue there, I'll park there and get a free ticket and nip down there. So, and there was. So um, I parked my car. On the way down, I decided to um, pray and just said, oh Lord, please let there be a toilet roll. I only want, I'm only going to take one, no matter how many there are. Um, but please, I need a toilet roll. So when I got um, there, I had no faith really, wasn't expecting it, and there was just one laid on its side. So I picked it up and uh, I was so excited with it. And then even more excited when I got home, because Neil had, um, said to me, I've just been into Mark's and there weren't any there weren't any there then, so I knew it was um, a gift from the Lord. So I am treasuring my toilet rolls um, and hoping that they're going to last for ages because I really thank the Lord for his goodness. <laughs> I love that story. And nothing is too big or too small for us to ask God's help with. And for me, this has been another week where I have felt, honestly, a whole range of emotions. You know, homeschooling and trying to do your work at the same time in the same place don't always fit together, I've discovered. Talk about times of anxiety, and I'm probably not the only one. I found it necessary several times just to come to God and to remind myself that he can help me. I love it in verse 6 where it describes God's powerful intervention in any situation with literally just a word spoken. It says, nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. And you might be aware of people right now who are very much in need of help. Whether it's physical, practical, emotional, spiritual, people who need God to lift his voice and who need some action and some help. Maybe you yourself are in that situation. Maybe you are in need of help this week. You know, one of our life group leaders sent me a text this week about how they'd had a really powerful and emotional life group time with various members describing how they were going through some really difficult and painful situations. He said this, there were lots of tears and praying hard together tonight. We're believing for breakthrough and just holding on. We'll continue to support and encourage each other. And I absolutely loved receiving this text, even though I know that things are hard, because this is the church family being exactly what we should be for each other. It's why we call life group life group, because it's about sharing life, about doing life, and it's about real life. And we know that for a number of us in the church, things were really difficult, even before all this COVID-19 disruption. And this lockdown is making things just even worse than they already were. And for those of you who really are struggling, we are with you and we are praying for you. And I want to encourage all of us that God is there to help. And when we feel like our spirit is crushed or our emotions are at rock bottom, well, that's the time to call out to God. He is there. He is listening and he is ready to bring comfort and peace. And so whatever you need in this moment today, God is with you. Why don't you take a moment to ask for his help? So we've talked about God being a place of safety and a source of help. 
And my last point for this morning is that God's presence brings peace. Let's read those first couple of verses again. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. You know, there is a collective anxiety and sense of fear in our nation this week. But as the people of God, we do not buy into this. You remember last week I talked about us being a non-anxious presence. And that's what this psalm is talking about when it reminds us we will not fear. There's a huge amount of uncertainty around this time. And, you know, none of us really know what the long term impact is going to be. And yet in verse seven, we read the Lord Almighty is with us. Our safety, our refuge, our help and our strength are found in the presence of God. And that presence is open to us all of the time. Peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. And Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace. And so in those overwhelming moments of anxiety and fear of the future, we can invite him to come and to make us aware of his presence with us. How do we do that, I hear you asking? Well, in this psalm, you can see an absolutely brilliant, universal, four-word strategy. It's flexible, it's adaptable, it's transferable to almost anywhere. It can be used by young and old alike. You don't need skills. You don't need experience. You just need this simple methodology. And it's just four words. And it's this. Be still and know. And it's so beautifully described in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I love the contrast from verse 9 to verse 10. 9 says he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. I love that. All that descriptive language about how God is doing battle on our behalf, how he's fighting our enemies. And then it just pauses and says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And you know, it's that encouragement to all of us to just to pause, just to stop the battles and stop the fighting and stop the chaos and turn away from the stress and the striving and the anxiety and just to stop and to be still. And in the stillness to know. Know that I am God, he says. Know that I am here. Know that I am with you. Know my peace. Remember how powerful, how ever-present, how kind, how good, how merciful, how gracious I am. Remember that I am your strength, your provider, your comfort, your refuge, your help, your place of safety. I am And for me, you know, I don't know about you, but I find that something will happen, maybe something on the news or something will happen, some development that will start to cause me to feel slightly fearful or worried or anxious or nervous. It'll just kind of start to play into that anxiety. And my usual method in the past, well, actually for pretty much most of my life, has been just to try and push those anxieties down, just try and distract myself into doing something else so I don't have to think about them. It's not a great strategy because usually they just stay there. And I got quite good at the distraction thing. I got quite good at finding all kinds of ways of avoiding dealing with this anxiety. I get busy with work or watch TV or browse social media or maybe eat or drink a bit too much. All kinds of things that I could be doing. And just one thing I should be doing, which is very simple. It's just those four words, just to be still and know. And it used to take me a number of days to come back to this place of really experiencing and sensing the peace of God. But I'm learning to do it a lot more quickly now. 
Because when I consciously shut out everything else and deliberately sit still in God's presence, then everything changes. And I always wonder why I didn't just come to this place sooner. Because it always, always, always makes a difference. The challenge is not in the knowing. The challenge is in the being, the being still. And when we turn everything else off, when we put down Facebook, when we find a place where we can be quiet, where our hearts can be quiet, even if there's noise around us, and when we simply just be, that's when we will know and experience God's presence for ourselves. You know, we did, um, we're doing this prayer course and one of the recent sessions was about contemplation. I'd really encourage you to watch that video if you haven't already, because there's some handy hints on there. And there's a link on this page to the silent prayer tool from, uh, from the prayer course. Maybe that's something you'd want to have a look at. Whatever's going on in our minds and our hearts today, God is for us and God is with us. And why don't we take a moment to ask for his help? And so I've got this very simple exercise that we're going to do. And we're just going to sit quietly. And so perhaps if you've got um, kids or younger people in the room, just ask them to be quiet for a minute. Um, and all of us, doesn't matter how old or young we are, we're just going to try this simple prayer exercise. I'm just going to repeat this word. I'm just going to repeat these words. Be still and know that I am God. And so I'm just going to say that two or three times. I'm going to leave a pause. And then I'm going to kind of cut down the words. You'll see what I mean. Let's just pray. Let's be quiet. Maybe close your eyes. And just pray along with me. Be still and know that I am God. Let's pray that again. Be still and know that I am God. And one more time. Be still and know that I am God. And this time we're just going to pray, be still and know. Be still and know. Be still and know. Now we're just going to pray the first two words. Be still. Be still. Be still. And lastly, just very simply, be. Be. You know, Pete Gregg from the prayer course says that prayer at its deepest is communion. Silent, loving relationship with God. And sometimes that's all we need to do is just to quieten our hearts and just to be. Switch off the distractions and allow God to come so that we can experience his peace and his presence for ourselves. So that we can know his safety, his shelter and his help and so just as I finish this talk uh, we came across this song last week and it's called Know or Be Still and um, I'm just going to play it now and what I suggest you do is that you just take a few quiet moments to contemplate quietly what it is to be still and to know that he is God and that he is with us and after this is played we'll just do a little bit of ministry time